Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Mike, 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 it is that time. The NFL playoffs are upon us. We have been a show that dives into the NFL each and every week. And I got to say, Mike, after a year of a lot of different wagers every week, talking some fantasy, different guests, this is a very, very good playoff field that we have set up. Some years, there's a game or two, or maybe uh, because of injuries, a couple teams sneak in, but they're not quite as good as they were earlier in the year. This year, it, it almost seems the opposite. There are some teams that are really peaking at the right time, and I think, you know, you look at every team that is going to be playing in the next couple weeks, and I think they are all good to slightly above average football teams. We have a good playoff field set up. Are you pumped as I am? You know, and the interesting thing about it is that usually I, first of all, I fully agree with you, but usually I don't have that feeling or sentiment when you have a lot of new shooters in the field. Me neither. No. But this year you have a lot of new shooters, but they're all worthy and there's been a progression. They've built their team from the bottom up and they're well coached and they either are really good offensively or really good at defensively uh, or, you know, maybe a little bit of a balance, not too many balanced teams though. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see does the high-flying act of the early part of the season win out over the lately dominating defensive side of the ball? Is that defense prevailing throughout the league late in the season because of weather, uh, because they've figured out the offenses? We'll find out, right? Before we get into the specifics of these first-round wildcard matchups, let's release the information about a uh, contest that we're going to have, Mike. We, we have a, actually a one contest currently going on on ESPN.com, the Capital One Bull Mania contest, where um, uh, Big Effin Shooter <laughs> and Peace Frog are the top two right now. Happy and you know it is third. So they've picked 25, 26, and 27 winners. So they're the top three. Keep an eye on the, uh, the last few games, and we'll see how things finish up there. And we're going to unleash another contest right now this one is going to be on yahoo sports so what you have to do you go to yahoo fantasy and it's called the pro football pick'em our group name is the mike abadir show the real important thing is the group id so the id number is six five five one four uh and the password is playoffs the mike abadir show group id six five five one four password is playoffs this is a free contest that we have uh, just opened up and all you have to do is go through each week, and it's a playoff pick em. You assign, you pick the games, and then you assign the confidence as to which games you like more. So this week, you go through the first round of the playoff matchups. It has a couple tiebreakers. Completely free to enter, Mike. So for everyone listening, you might as well just take the two minutes that it takes to enter if you're a football fan. Even if you're not, let your friends know. If you win... You get a $100 gift card of your choosing, or we'll make a deposit if you are someone who likes to wager at the races or likes to wager in uh, some of these fantasy stuff. We can make an ADW deposit for you or give you a $100 gift card to your choosing, and then you get to guest host a segment on our show. And then second, we'll also give a $50 gift card of your choosing or a deposit for you. So might as well 
free to enter. We've already got a, we just opened it up. We already got a few people in there and um, we'll continue to post this out on Twitter over the next few days. So any NFL fans out there, make sure to get involved. We love having these contests and Mike, you and I need to pick things up because in the uh, college bowl contest, we are struggling. I think I'm tied for 15th and you're tied for 22nd. So we, yeah. we need to, we need to pick things up for this show. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, for me, I'm I focus on individuals in college football and not teams. So uh, <laughs> that's more of your I, job, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I made no. I, that's why I made no proclamations in terms of you know being able to to uh, you know do well in in such a contest. NFL is kind of my bread and butter. Uh, you know, like Gino said, we will tweet out that information. You have to be a follower of ours to be able to claim the prize. Yeah. Follow us so, on Twitter. Yep. So please follow. It's free. It's nothing to lose. B. Yeah, exactly. As well. All these contests, it's like just take a little swing. And what's what's great about these contests too is it's not like it's not like where you're in a contest where you're in like one of a million. You, these contests that we have, one of you know fifty, a hundred, a uh, couple hundred people, so very winnable contests. That's what's it great. It is very winnable contest. But you know, every year, let me just give the disclaimer because every single, I shouldn't say every year, but we only There's did the last always year. one or but, two. Yeah, there's always a couple people that forget about the confidence points and they just pick the winners. So what what that means by the confidence points is the one you feel the strongest about, you assign the highest point total that they allow you. There's a drag down, and so you'll drag it down to whatever it is, 15 points for your top one, 10, 5, whatever the the point awarding system they have in place there. You're just going to use the drag down. And in theory, you could go one and three, but get your biggest you know, most confidence point, point total to, you know, keep you going until next week. And, and you, you set these, you set these before each week's games. So you don't have, you know, we're not picking throughout the playoffs or anything like that. So it's pretty fun. It keeps you involved and uh, maybe a little crap talking, you know, shit talking, whatever, and you what, know. What's great about this year too, is that like in this first week in general, these games are all very competitive. They don't look like blowouts on paper. You're going to notice that with the point spreads and the betting lines. That yeah, most are like two, two, three point spreads. Very, very close. So yeah, two, two to three point spreads, and the over unders are 47, 48. I mean, everything is just really, really tight. uh, tight. You're not going to have you know a situation where everyone's going one way and everyone's going the other. There's going to be a lot of people that are missing, and it's going to be a very, I think, split type um, contest. So lots of fun there. Make sure to get involved in that contest. And by the way, you know, worth mentioning, you know, what what was one of the things that we got a lot of feedback from last year was people that were involved in last year's contest really, really enjoyed the fact that we had a lot of our guests or a lot of the, you know, experts, writers, analysts, et cetera, be a part of this contest. So it was kind of fun being able to, you know, I took down Dave Weaver. I mentioned Dave because he had a really nice oh, run last year. He did very well. He did, yeah. You know, uh, with retired NFL players, Adrian Ross, Josh Booty, et cetera. So you get to kind of go up against uh, people that we've had as guests on our show. So it's a lot of fun and uh, encourage everybody to, uh, you know, put put not only put in a, uh, an entry, but uh, encourage your friends, you know, text sure, spread it out around. the link, tweet spread out the around. link. Might yep, as well tell your up. buddy, hey, you do one, I do one. If we hit it, we'll split. Boom. There you go. You get two opportunities, right? Exactly. <laughs> two chances. Exactly. So uh, make sure to get involved. That's over at Yahoo Fantasy. So um, check it out on the Yahoo Fantasy, the Pro Football Pick'em, Mike Abadir Show Group, ID number 65514, password playoffs. Let's get into the games, Mike, and the matchup. Hey, before we do, before sure. we do, I want to ask you. Stop me. We just turned the calendar to 2019, so Happy New Year's to you and Happy New Year right to all the you. listeners. 
What are you looking forward to most in uh, in 2019? Is there anything that comes to mind where you're like, you know, I'm really looking forward to X, Y, or Z? Yeah, I think, and, and we'll, I'll try to keep it a little sports related since we're on a sports show. For me, I'm just really excited to see this Lakers team moving forward with LeBron. Uh, this is a, a team that in the last few years I rooted for, and we struggled, we suffered. You lose a lot of games to try to uh, accumulate some some talent, some picks, some young players that can help change your franchise. And then you hope that one star will come and make you relevant again. And that's what happened. And LeBron came. And now this is, unfortunately, he's injured right now. But this is a team that I think is very relevant again. And I'm really excited to see when he comes back healthy. Because um, I, I think this team is just as good as maybe anybody in the West besides Golden State. I, I would not be shocked to see them in a conference final in the next year or so. I'm really excited to see this Lakers team moving forward. So my fandom and the Lakers moving forward, very excited to see what happens with them. Yeah, for me, I'd say, uh, well, this one isn't uh, sports related. But Doesn't have to be. Very much be. looking forward to Game of Thrones coming back. Oh, nice. Good call. Right. So that, that's something I'm looking forward culture. to. I love that. You, you're yeah. not the pop culture reference one. So that's great. Yeah. Me too, man. Just four yeah, months. Definitely looking, looking forward to that one. Just in April uh, now. Yeah. And yeah. I think you said every one of the episodes is like at least... I heard like 70 minutes plus. They're oh, all good. really, really long. I was already bummed yeah. out about like only six. Come on, give me yeah, some more. Yeah, I think yeah. they said a couple of them are going to be like 90 minutes plus. So they should be, yeah, there should be plenty of content. I'm excited. Going to have to do the rewatch of the of the season again, uh, the series, maybe one more time. Uh, I've been trying to do that a few minutes, uh, you know, every week to try to get kind of re-caught up, re-acclimated. Sure. Hey, man, does Jon Snow take over the world? Does Daenerys? It looks That's like they kind of uh, on are going to find uh, out. Well, they're going to find out that they're brother and sister, kind of like Luke Skywalker and, and uh, Princess Leia. Leia, right? Yeah, right. And it's, it's going to be great. Um, it's a great prop on a lot of websites. Who ends up on it's the Iron really? Throne? Like, who's going to be the last one <laughs> who's standing? Who's the favorite? You can bet. I mean, I know, I think John and obviously Danny are, are up there. And then, like, Tyrion is kind of a, a closet one. Um, that's, uh, like, there's a lot of uh, opinions about him. Um, Gendry is another one. So there's Ooh. a lot of different, like... People, you can make a strong case for. So that's that'd be fun, maybe. To you know, put I want to find out the what, the odds. Yeah, we'll have to check. Here's here's what I want. I want to. Um, there might be a lot of value in uh, Varys. That oh, SOB Varys. is such a sneaky you SOB. Varys. You know, if, if I'm getting you know 20, 30, 40, 50 to one odds, man, that might be worth a ten dollar bill or something. Think like a man or a woman. No, he just, he just thinks logically. Exactly. He's not thinking with anything but that brain. So yeah, say, that's what makes him the most uh, da- the dangerous. Most dangerous. Right? Yeah. What do they call him? The unit. The Unix. Unix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk some Game of Thrones now over the next uh, couple months as we yeah. get closer. And once. So that's one thing I'm looking start. forward to. Sure. I always love the uh, Derby prep season. I don't yeah. care how oh, strong of a field that we're talking about, how strong the crop is or not. I always enjoy the Derby preps. I like how they move them around. I even like the El Camino at Golden Gate. I love the 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 circuit in Arkansas, and and you always have a Baffert runner that's going through that circuit, and he he's always keeping a couple over here and trying to figure out that chess game as to is he sending his worst stock there, his best stock there. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Why is Mike Smith on this horse or on that horse? Are the Gulfstream runners overrated? Or the, you know all those kind of things. I love it. And then the last thing would be the uh, baseball free agent signings. Yeah. You know where does where, you know. Uh, you know, where does Bryce end up? Where does Manny end up? Look like Boris was doing a lot of, I don't know, um, agent, strategic, 
leaking information. Oh, yeah. He basically had said that uh, Bryce Alba had a deal in place like a month and a half ago. But where is it? Yeah. Just waiting. Just yeah. waiting, 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 waiting. There's... That's a good, so those, those are some those good are ones. I'm looking forward to in 2019. Some good ones, and I just yeah. did a I just did a bunch of work on uh, on the prep races. I'll, I'll have like three or four videos coming out in the next few days for Where Pass the Wire um, on PassTheWire.com or on YouTube. If you subscribe to Pass the Wire, or every follow me on Twitter. As soon as they come out, I'll uh, I'll um, make sure to tweet them out. And the first one is going to preview the sham- um, it recaps the Jerome Stakes, which was on uh, New Year's Day, and then it previews the Sham. And the Mucho Macho Man coming up this weekend. Baffert has a monster named Coliseum who's going to be, if he wins, he jumps up to like put maybe three Bafferts in the top three or four horses overall on the list. Um, and then uh, there's going to be a couple videos coming out where I go through the top 10 horses in the point system for the boys and the girls and just kind of give you updates on what their plans are, where they're going next. I'm going to call them the progress reports. And so every week we're going to have these continual progress reports on who is going where, what's happening, what's the news for these groupings of horses. We have another one coming out with under-the-radar horses, horses that have not yet been in a stakes race. So maybe just really good maiden winners that might be a little under the radar, uh, horses that you might be able to get a price on or maybe uh, get a little future wager in, something like that. So, yeah, I, I've got a big list of I think maybe 80 horses um, between the uh, the boys and the girls, that two-year-old now that just turned three, that I've got a bunch of videos. So so I'm excited, too. Definitely in tune to uh, where those are going, um, a lot of those horses, where they'll be going, and uh, we'll be sharing those videos, too, in the next few days. Now, the Col- Coliseum is, is the gray horse, right? Yeah, that's the Godolphin one. He's a yep, monster. Okay. So, uh, He's a monster. Godolphin, I doubt they're SC fans or old Raider fans or Rams <laughs> fans. Is that the, the Roman Coliseum? That's got to be that one, yeah. That's got to be, right? That's got to be that one. And uh, he, he's a, from everything they've said, he's very talented. What I liked about him, too, is that he's one of those horses who just, he got the lead and he's like looking around, didn't even, wasn't even asked. It was like he broke and he just was naturally quicker than the rest of the field. And then he's kind of looking around. And all of a sudden, he just ends up on the lead. It's like, oh, man, this horse just has so much more under the tank if they just ask him for anything at all. And that's really what Joe Talamo has been working in the mornings prior to his, uh, his race had said. And this was a highly regarded horse uh, named Coliseum who's going to be running in the sham this weekend. So, yeah, lots to be excited about. In the uh, that's what's great about the new year, too, uh, right off the bat. No matter what, it's just hope for everyone. You know, it's a new year. Whether or not you had a great year last year or you had a, a, a bad one, you could turn the page and, you know, every it's always a nice uh, – every day is a new day. But that new year, those that beginning of the year, it always feels a little different. It always feels like, okay, I can make some changes now and I can I can do some things. So uh, some good resolutions from you and things you're looking forward to, Mike. And uh, let's, uh, let's make a, a little tangent over into the NFL talk. But we will mention that we have a couple great guests coming on today. Caleb Keller is going to join us uh, in just a minute, maybe about 15 minutes or so in segment number two, and we're going to talk some college basketball with Caleb. We'll pick his brain on maybe a horse racing topic or so, but mainly Caleb is an Indiana Hoosier fan, and his team is much better this year than when we talked to him last year, and he is just a great college um, real analyst overall. Remember, we talked to him last year, and we asked him for some sleepers for the NCAA tournament, and he gave us Nevada. Yeah, we said he thought there was going to sneak in. They snuck in as a number seven seed. They ended up going to the Sweet 16. And when they, they lost by one point in the Sweet 16 to Loyola, or else they would have been into the Elite Eight. They're 13-0 and this year. 
<laughs> that, yeah, I was gonna say and, and his, they his, get the crap his, out of USC. Yeah, his pick like, carried over into this year. So yeah, they yeah I'm, lo- I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to talking no, to Caleb. No pressure, as well. Caleb. No pressure yeah, no after kidding. he gave us that one last year, right? And then, yeah. uh, and then we'll have Monique joining us at the end. We'll get some uh, some plays with Monique. We'll, yeah, and just a quick announcement to uh, all the Saints fans that may have been tuning in just to just to get their fill of the New Orleans Saints during this uh, bye week. Uh, obviously, after this impressive 13 and three season, they have earned the bye week in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, first week of the playoffs. And uh, we don't know who they're going to be going up against next, but we were going to have Zach Wood, Team Long Snapper, come in and talk to us a little bit about what they have going on during the bye week and how intense is it? How you know what's Coach Payton like during this type of week? What's a you know what's a, the kind of the main message and and that type of stuff? Uh, Zach, actually, I was on the phone with him about a half an hour ago, and then he had a little bit of an emergency that he had to take care of a little bit of family situation, nothing serious. But um, he asked to reschedule for the following week. So the benefit there is that we'll get to know who the matchup is by that time. Sure. And we'll talk to him about uh, the game know, plan, you know, the game what? plan and everything. So um, apologize to all Saints fans. I hope you keep listening. But we will be back with Zach next week. And uh, maybe we'll even try to bring his comrade Will Lutz in as well. So, Gino, before we get into the NFL, do you want to take a quick Yeah, let's break? do it. Let's, let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll, we'll get into the, uh, the matchups for Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk some football. We'll transition over into some college basketball with Caleb, and then we'll close things out with some gambling with the parlay queen, Monique. So stay tuned. We will be right back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Having some fun in the uh, first segment all over the place. Hope and don't forget to sign up for that NFL Pick'em on Yahoo Fantasy. Left you all the details in segment number one, so you can uh, check everything out there. Don't forget to sign up before Saturday when those games begin. Talking a little bit of everything and some Game of Thrones even, so if you're yeah. having a, uh, Dude, a now fun that time. we started talking about it, I'm like, man, I kind of miss Lord Baelish, man. I know, I, yeah. At least they didn't, not, you know, why did they have little to kill finger. him? Little yeah. finger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so great. So, uh, well, We'll have some fun here always with you, and we appreciate you listening in. Mikey, really good slate of games coming up. And on Saturday, it kicks off with uh, a rematch. Well, they've already played twice this year, the Colts and the Texans, and they split the meetings. This game is really tight on the line. I think it opened up as Texans as a three-point favorite, and now it's moved to, I think, just a one-point favorite. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. And teams that... Both really started slow to the season. I what the Colts were one and five and the Texans were 0 and three. And they have both really come on very strong late in the year. Uh, where do you stand kind of overall in this matchup? We're gonna see what we normally look at as the Texans with a very strong defense and the Colts and Andrew Luck with we look as a, a high powered offense, but these teams are both pretty well balanced uh for the most part. And I think the key is is that do, does do the Colts have enough defensive playmakers on that defensive line because the offensive line for the, the Texans is lacking? And do the Texans have enough playmakers on offense with injuries to Will Fuller and Demarius Thomas? Do they have another player along with DeAndre Hopkins that can make some plays? What do you think about this first matchup? What's most intriguing to me is going to be this. It's going to be the chess match aspect of this game between O'Brien and Frank Reich. We're... Where do they go in terms of these two teams, in terms of their pace of play, rank in the top five or six, I believe. Colts at 67 snaps per game, uh, offensive snaps per game. The Texans at 63. Like I said, those are two amongst the highest in the NFL. So very fast-paced teams offensively. So do you go into this with, hey, we're going to stick with what we do best? at the pace that works best for us? Or do you try to change things up a little bit and control the clock a little bit more? I think sometimes when teams get too cute and try to change what they do best to try to control the clock, you'll find that they have a lot of three and outs. And it takes them a long time to get into the rhythm. And then they fall behind. And then everybody says, man, if they would have played the same way in the first half they did in the second half, they would have won the game. Classic example of that was the way that Sean Payton, whom I love, uh, managed the uh, clock in the playoffs against the Vikings last year on the road. He was like, you know what? We're going to run the ball with Ingram and Kamara. They totally changed the the pace of, of Drew Brees' approach, and I think it ended up costing them. So which team does that? Which team does not do that? Which team slows the, the pace down because of their defense is what you're saying, and I think that's the team that's the winner. For me, I think the better defensive club is the Texans. And, you know, Watson is just one of those guys. He's a winner, man. And uh, I love Andrew Luck, and I think he's going to be a winner in this league. But Watson, he just seems like 
every it's his world right now. And uh, isn't I'm it funny that the, he's I'm never? This Texans is his here. first playoff game too, which is funny. You don't really think of it. It feels like he's been around longer than that too. You know, it, it really does. But it really he, does. This is the first time he's in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go the opposite way, and I'm going to go with the Colts. And I think what it comes down to, in particular, in these first two games, the two Saturday games, I think they're really evenly matched teams. And I think the matchups are both very good, very fun and interesting. So when it's close like that, I'm going to lean towards the teams who I think have the better coaching. And I actually think that's the Colts right now. When, I, when they played each other the first time in the year, it was there was 24 seconds left to go in overtime, and they were tied. And it was fourth and four. The Colts had the ball on their own 43. And they went for it, and they missed it. And Houston got the ball with 24 seconds left. They had to make you know one or two plays and then kick a field goal, and they did. And I remember a lot of people were saying, man, what a bad move from you know uh, the Colts coaching staff and kind of a bonehead move. But when you heard the Colts players talk about that, they, they liked it because they knew that, okay, if you don't get the first down and you punt, so you're going to play for a tie in overtime, right? At least if you get the first down, you have an opportunity to kick a field goal. You can move the ball a little bit. So their player, the players loved that their coaching staff had faith, believed in them, and said, we're always going to play to win. And what you'll notice is I think that was a big moment for this Colts team because shortly after that was when they really started to play well and come together. And this is a team that is going to go for it all the time. This is a team that I don't, just to kind of piggyback on your point, I don't think they're going to change their style just because it's a playoff game. And that's what I'm going to believe in with this coaching staff because that's what I've seen from them so far throughout the year. I think they're going to continue to try to play Colts football. I think they're going to continue to be aggressive. And I think if it comes down to a play or two, I'm going to lean with the Colts coaching staff. So I like the Colts straight up in this game. Interestingly uh, enough, by the way, that game that you're referencing, if they uh, end up just kind of you know, settling for that tie, which you probably don't want to do that early in the season. Especially they, get the home, they get the home field they here. Get, they'd be playing in Indianapolis yeah, today. So with that said, I think it was it was the right call, and it probably was what gave the team the confidence boost, lit a fire under their butts, and uh, maybe they wouldn't even be here today if he doesn't make that decision. So um, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. Uh, obviously, we land on different sides in terms of the winner. Uh, any thoughts on the over-under? Over-under is 48 and a half. Um, I mean, that seems like pretty close. I would slightly lean under, um, just, just slightly. Uh, but I, I, I think that's going to be spot on if you had to go one way or the other on that. But for me, the play in this game would be the Colts plus the one. And I do think the Colts are going to win this game straight up. Uh, and you know, the second game we have Mike and what's let me just is, give a, let me just give a yeah, final score. Give, on your, that one. give your pick and your, yeah. yeah. So, so my pick is the Texans, like I said, and I'll go a 28, 24 Texans. Okay. 2824. Um what's crazy is in a year where there was so much scoring throughout the league, we have four over/unders in the games that are pretty low. Uh you know, and and now the a few of the really high-powered offenses have buys and will be playing, you know, next week, but yeah. it is interesting that most throughout the year we saw a lot of 50s, really high in the 40s and the four over/unders that we have are 48 and a half, 41, 42 and 43. So pretty low uh, pretty low totals here in these four games. And we'll have another rematch in the Saturday night game. The Seahawks at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a two-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 43. The Seahawks beat the Cowboys earlier in the year at Seattle. Uh, and this is just a little bit of a different, you know, I, th- I feel like these two teams are so much different now than they were then. But this is a, a really fun matchup on paper with two quarterbacks who can make things happen, two pretty solid defenses, two teams that want to run the ball. They look 
kind of like blueprints of each other, to be honest. Yeah, they uh, they kind of are, and they're they're both uh, you know good running, good at running the ball. Uh, Seahawks actually, you know, probably the best team in the NFL in terms of rushing, which is a little bit surprising. You know, going into the year, I don't think anybody was able to even name, uh, you know, a running back that was formidable on the Seahawks. But hey, we've talked about it, especially a lot late in the year. This is a fantastic job by Pete Carroll here. Uh, both these teams, by the way, I had, uh, if you go back and listen to our preseason preview, I had Dallas as the division winner. I had Seattle as a wild it, card team. Yeah. And so, um, you know, these are teams that I've been high on from the beginning. And uh, as much as it pains me to, to say it, because I really like the chemistry and the makeup of the Cowboys, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks here. Russell Wilson, to me, is it crazy to say that he's underrated? Because No, it's not. He is. You know, I, I love Russell Wilson. I think the guy's fantastic. When you have that kind of running game and Russell Wilson, their defense is decent. It's not great. It's not the Seattle Seahawks of old, you know, five years ago. But I think they're going to go into Dallas and uh, pull out this win. I, I do too, and I, I'm going to be with you on the Seahawks, and it, it's very similar in, to the Colts and the Texans game. I, I would not be surprised to see this game go either way, so if it's going to be a close game that I think is going to come down to a couple key plays, I'm going to put my faith in Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll versus Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett, and I really don't have any knocks on Dak. I just I don't really trust their coaching staff either. Remember, before this run, we were talking about the Clapper and how is he even still having a job as their coach. They win a few games now. They make the move for Amari Cooper. Things have changed a bit. But if they lose this game, is it one of those things where now they're in purgatory because they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna fire him. They're probably gonna be stuck, and you're you might have a coach that maybe can never really get you to the promised land. So to me, I'm gonna go with Carroll. I'm gonna go with Seattle. So we're gonna both be on the Seahawks there plus the two. And uh, I think this is a game that they win. So I'll go Seattle, and uh, Mikey will also be with Seattle. Sunday games. Yeah, let's uh, zip through them really quickly here so that we can get to our uh, first guest of the show. Uh, San Diego at Baltimore. To me, this is a 3,000-mile trip for the Chargers. I said San Diego, by the way, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It's, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You get like a everybody does, everybody still period. does, right? Everybody okay. does. It. You get like yeah. a two-year grace period. It's fine. The, yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers at Baltimore. 3,000-mile trip. Um 10 a.m. start time. They didn't do the Chargers any favors with that one. Baltimore seems to be riding high. And San Diego, San Diego again, the Chargers failed to put them away when they had their chance. I don't like that going into this matchup. That was just too soon, even though I always say it's hard to beat the same team twice. Uh, but in this case, I think Baltimore does it. Lamar Jackson, it's it's just his year. And you, you you'll notice that whether it's the Kaepernick's or an RG3 or any of these kind of gimmicky quarterbacks, they seem to have long runs. And so I'm going to stick with that going Baltimore here. The reason why I'm going to go Chargers is they're the first team that's going to face Lamar Jackson twice. And so I, I kind of agree with what you're saying about the gimmicky. And most of the time, the teams that they play don't really have either a lot of film on them or they haven't played against them. I think just having gone against him, getting an idea of how fast he is and his speed, I think that's going to really help the Chargers this week. What I don't like about the Ravens is they had a play last week against the Browns where they shouldn't have won that game. There was a horrendous call that that at, that, sh- that cost the Browns a touchdown when they stopped that Lamar Jackson touch, uh, yep. fumble. For, yep. So the Browns should have won that game to begin with. But look, they had a chance on offense that when it was third down. If they get a first down, they put the game away, and they couldn't make the play. That's the, that's the main issue I have with Baltimore. They made a, a winning play on defense, and I have no 
question about can they make winning plays on defense, but if their offense needs to make a play and it's third and eight and they can't run the ball, can Lamar Jackson complete a big pass? Can they make that play? I don't think so. I'm going to go with the Chargers plus the three. And then the Eagles, Bears, Mike. And let me make one very quick note here. Actually, there are two quick notes. Uh, the reason that I'm also a kind of anti-Chargers right now is because Melvin Gordon just didn't seem to get on track no, since he's come right. back. And, and then ankle, the other thing and then is the ankle he bumped up last week at the yeah, end of the game when yeah, he shouldn't have been in there. When they shouldn't have been in the game. And then Rivers didn't have a very good December. I think he had three games with multiple picks. So yep. he hasn't been that hot. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm gonna stick with Baltimore at home. Yeah, let's move on to Philly, Chicago, really quickly here. Uh you know, the uh the Nick Foles show is up. I'm taking the Bears. I think I they've got you. just enough offensively to be able to make it happen. And uh, their defense is just going to hold down a, a Philadelphia Eagles team that barely snuck into the playoffs. And the key for me is the six and a half. If the game was seven, seven and a half, I would maybe lean towards the Eagles it covering. But I think the Bears win this game. I think they probably win it by a touchdown. I just think the Bears defense is going to be a little bit too much for a sort of banged up uh, Nick Foles and the Eagles. So yeah. we'll we'll talk more football in the final segment with Monique. But we and maybe have- even for another minute, we'll talk football because I'm kind of curious as to whether Caleb Keller is a Colts fan. I always hear about the Hoosiers. I don't oh, really yeah, ever hear yeah, about Yeah, we got to ask him. Let's, let's bring him in. Our first guest today, our good buddy. You know him from TVG as a host, reporter, analyst, a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades on TVG. He also is a big college basketball fan and one of the best college basketball analysts that I know, breaking everything down. Caleb. Let's talk some Colts. Are you a big Colts fan too, buddy? What's up, Caleb? Hey, good to hear from you guys. And uh, indeed, a Colts fan. Um, had a chance to go to a few games uh, back in the RCA. Though my sister actually used to be the elementary cheerleading coach, and my elementary would go up and have a chance to play uh, before like a 9 a.m. game uh, in the oh, RCA Dome nice. when they have a 1 o'clock kickoff. So I can remember a couple times going to the Colts arena, being there early when they're working on the field and playing this junior football game. But Colts, for sure, it's been a lot of fun this year. Nobody... Uh, expected a playoff run, but uh, an unexpected surprise for the uh, Indy fans going into Saturday. Well, Caleb, Indy is trending positively right now because last year when we talked to you about the Hoosiers and the Indiana basketball team, you had some positive thoughts, but they weren't necessarily a great team. But this year, they've made some big strides, a really good start to the year. You have a top 25 team right now. And as conference play is getting started, give us kind of like an overview of this team. Who are they? What What is their identity? And who are some of the real key players on this Indiana team? Totally different identity from what we had with Tom Crean, for better or worse. You know, Tom Crean was a tempo guy, scoring a lot of points, and you know, you'd play for offense. Whereas Archie Miller, I really loved him for his days at Dayton. You know, the way that he could coach a game, junk it up, keep it low scoring. I mean, Dayton, you know, they beat Syracuse, who was number one uh, in the country for a long time. They were the last undefeated team back in 2014. Dayton took them out 55-53. to When they beat Ohio State and Aaron Kraft, they won 60-59. to And when Dayton took out Providence, who was a hot six seed, and Dayton was the 11, they won in the 50s. So I can think of three games that Archie Miller has won in the tournament where he kept the opponent in the 50s. So I love the defensive factor. Now our numbers are slanted towards defense. Last year was an okay year, 16-15. and 15. Actually, doesn't look that good when you, when you read the record. But uh, they, they were making strides late, but now the players are in place. We talked about Romeo Langford, guys, our star freshman over the summer. He's been pretty awesome. Rob Fennessy, another freshman who actually played against Romeo in the state title game a couple years back for the state of Indiana. And we've got the talent level, but what I like most about our new coach and our new regime with Archie Miller is that the defense is in place for us to win big games. I mean, too many times. I can think of a tournament game against 
North Carolina in the Sweet 16, we scored 85 and lost by 16. I can think of a game in 2012, we scored 90 points with Tom Crean and lost by 12 to Kentucky and Anthony Davis. So I like the new trend for Indiana. They got humbled against Duke, so I think that right now they're about uh, seated correctly. They're about the 20 or 25th best team in the country, but I still think room for improvement, and I love the defensive side of the ball with our new coach. What about the the conference in particular um, this year? You, generally, you know, the Big Ten is always a very difficult conference, and so what? who are some of the top teams? It seems like kind of the, the regulars up top, but there might be one surprise that wasn't expected at the top of the conference. Well, I mean, Michigan – of course, it's looking like the best team right now, Michigan and Michigan State. But one crazy fact is that the Big Ten, guys, is coming up on 20 years since the last time the confetti has fell for a national title. I mean, you got to go back to Mateen Cleaves and the Flintstones in 2000. Oh, you're now, right. Since then, Indiana's been to a title game in 2002. Uh, Michigan State's been to a title game. Michigan's been to two final games. Uh, Greg Oden and Ohio State's been to a final game. Wisconsin was in a final game. So the Big Ten's right there. They've been in, I think, like seven title games since the Flintstones won it, but they haven't won a national title. I mean, pretty somewhat concerning if you're calling yourself the best basketball conference. Uh, Michigan, I do think, is the clear class right now. They haven't lost just yet. And Beeline's always been such a good tournament coach going back to West Virginia and going back to his run with Trey Burke. But the biggest difference, guys, last year he hired a defensive specialist coach. And look at the defensive numbers last year. They went all the way to the title game and – this year, they're building on it. They're even better on defense. So, Beeline has always been able to teach offense and shooting and being connected and team chemistry and all those intangibles he does well on. But the one thing he's really needed, you know, he's always been efficiency rated about like 30th for one of his best defenses. Last year, they were fourth, and this year, they're in the top five again. So, the biggest thing for Michigan, they've been on the fringe. They haven't broke through for a title, but they hired a defensive coach last year, and really, uh, the fruits of the labor in that hire have really panned out in the last two seasons. We are talking with Caleb Keller, and we are just talking some Indiana and some Big Ten basketball. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And, Caleb, when we return, let's uh, expand, and we'll go into the entire nation. We'll talk about some of the best teams, who's for real. We'll see if Caleb can give us a sleeper like he did last year when he told us Nevada would be a team that would be very tough in the NCAA tournament. Not only did they get in, but they win two games, and they were one point away from an Elite Eight run. Nevada is right now with a very similar group of players, 13-0 and and ranked number six in the nation. So no pressure, Caleb. We just want you to do exactly what you did with Nevada last year when we return from this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. this is the mike abadir show if you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadeershow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Lucky to have Caleb Keller here joining us. And just a couple more questions with him before we let him go. Got to give you a shout-out, though, Caleb. Uh, nice pick four you hit the other day, I saw. Just a $36 play. Came back, what, around 1200 bucks or so? And, and that was an on-air ticket. So, you know, a few people punched that thing. I could have paid a lot more for you. Nice job. Hey, thanks a lot. We got our single home on the turf, and I'm sure Gino Esprinto, you remember well, Smiling Tiger was yeah. the sire of the maiden the last race. There was a lot of horses that weren't ready to win a sprint race. A first-time starter by a really good sprinter, and our man Tiago Pereira just got us up by a nose. So kind of a dream sequence. They don't Trust me, they only work out like that maybe a couple times a year or once a year, but we were happy to have it on the last day of the year. Great job there, Caleb. A couple quick hitters for you before we let you go. So we saw like right away this year in the college basketball season with Duke. They have some legitimate NBA talent. How good is this team? Who are the players on there that you like? And how far do you think this team can go? Well, I think this team reminds me of the 2012 Kentucky team with Anthony Davis. You had crazy freshman star power, but you also have a cohesive unit and not a lot of ego. So when you look at the metrics, it's Duke. I mean, they're the best efficiency-rated team and by a pretty good margin, one of the widest margins from one to two in years. If you look at the eye test, guys, we've all watched college basketball. Duke's winning the eye test. And if you look at coaching and pedigree, well, you know where we're going here. So Duke could be a chance where when the bracket comes out and the confetti falls, you're thinking, man, that was an easy pick. I should have taken them and tried to figure out the rest of the Final Four. So not saying I'm going to pick them or against them just yet. We still have a conference slate to go by. But one thing about Duke, most teams are going to try to beat them by slowing them down. That's what Virginia's going to do. But if you do that, you're not giving enough credit to their defense. They're number one in the nation in steals. They might steal it from you if you hold it. And they're basically number one in blocks. If you try to find a shot late in the shot clock, they can block it. So Gonzaga actually had the winning formula. They said, you know what, we're going to run against you. The one little tiny weakness for Duke, they're in the bottom third for three-point percentage. So I think that if you're going to beat him, you've got to take it to him and try to run and just hope you make more shots than they did, just like Gonzaga did for their only loss of the year. Last year's sleeper for Caleb won't be a sleeper this year. 
Caleb, this Nevada team, I know from experience, they kicked the crap out of my USC Trojans earlier in the year. This is a legit team that was one point away from the Elite Eight last year after a Sweet 16 run. They are experienced. Um, What do you think of this Nevada team this year? Well, it's scary to think they are way better guys than last year. I mean, they've got now bigger size on the inside with Trey Porter, who was an Old Dominion transfer. The scary thing is they got a five-star recruit late in the proceedings, Jordan Brown. He's not even playing. He's barely playing. A five-star guy that can't hit the court because there's all these seniors, there's all these guys that have spent their time. And Nevada, they've got Jazz Johnson, which was another huge pickup. He was leading the nation in three-point percentage. So in that game you talked about, Gino, when they lost by a point to Loyola, Kendall Stevens, their shooter, went 0 for 9 that game. You don't want to pin it on one guy, but 0 for 9 for your shooter. Jazz Johnson their shooter who fills that role this year that Kendall Stevens has left, he's hitting at a way better clip. So they have more size. They have more depth. They have better shooters. And they have all the same players from last year. Nevada, the only thing that can maybe hold them back, because I do think that they're bidding for an undefeated season. The question is when they get to the tournament, into the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, maybe start cracking the Final Four and even a chance for the championship, they haven't had a chance to play many top contenders. They tried. They got Utah, who's down this year. They got Loyola, who's in the Final Four, is down. Uh, Arizona State's down. USC, not what they're hoping to be. So statistically, the best team they've played is about 50 right now. So they could make it potentially even undefeated and a juggernaut to the tournament and potentially could not have played a team inside the top 50. So they're way better than last year. All their strengths are even stronger. But once they get to the tournament, they're going to have a really tough litmus test when the real competition comes. And who is this year's Nevada, Caleb? So when we're uh, looking right now and watching as these conferences start – and as we watch the conference tournaments, who's a team that you think might be a little under the radar, a sleeper team to keep an eye on for this year? Well, my sleeper team this year is very similar and also walking some of the same footsteps as Nevada. And it's going to be the San Francisco Don. <laughs> and I watched college basketball for I don't know how long, 20 years, right? And didn't even know that San Francisco had a college team. Like, for the longest time, they just been an answer to a trivia question. Where did Bill Russell go to college in 1950? <laughs> but they haven't, they haven't a program for all this time. And it started with the hire of Coach Kyle Smith. You know, similar to Eric Musselman going into his third season. Last year with Nevada, he's into his third season this year. First year, coming in from Columbia, they went 20. Last year, they won 22 games, and that's the most wins they've had in 30 years, right? Now, who did they beat last year on December 23rd when nobody was watching? They beat Nevada. Guys, San Francisco did last year. Nobody watched that game. And this year, again, like Nevada, they're way better. Their best player last year, Charles Menla, had to sit the whole season. He's back. They got a guy named Frankie Ferrari. If that's not a tournament name, I've never heard one. Frankie <laughs> Ferrari, the senior running the point. And what their coach said was that this year, they always struggled to, to be able to rebound, right? Last two years, and the first two years his coach was there, they were 150th in the nation rebounding. This year, guys, they're 30th. So last year, most wins in 30 years, hot new coach, much better personnel, guys on the front line that can rebound. The defensive numbers are tremendous. They're ranked ahead of a lot of really top schools. I mean, you look at the San Francisco here. I mean, we're talking about better than West Virginia and Arizona State and Seton Hall and Kansas State. I mean, these are good teams that you know. Um, so this is a strong group. Now, the thing is, it's going to maybe be tough for them to make the tournament. Right now, they only have two losses. One was to Buffalo, who's really good. But they are in Gonzaga's conference. Now, Gonzaga's bidding for a one-seat, and it's sometimes a one- or two-bid league, which is usually St. Mary's. So tonight, San Francisco actually takes on St. Mary's. They're going to need to beat St. Mary's a couple times this year, and they'll probably face Gonzaga three times, two in the regular season, maybe one in the tournament. 
this is a team that I do think can beat Gonzaga. And if they do earn their right, which will probably be through an at-large bid, they make all the criteria for a dangerous Cinderella double-seed sleeper here. So you're actually buying a bull market, guys, on San Francisco. I can almost safely say this is the best San Francisco team since Bill Russell was there in the 50s. New coach, new program, new players. This is a for-real team. The Don, I don't even know what Don is here for San Francisco, but I really think the West Coast boys, <laughs> last year they were in the CBI. The CBI is a, a tournament that doesn't get showed after the season, right? But it's still an important tournament they can play into the season. They lost it by a game. Who else was in the CBI a couple years ago? The Nevada Wolf Pack. This team is walking very similar footsteps, and I do believe an emerging power here in the West, San Francisco. Caleb Keller bringing the heat today. Great stuff, my man. Thank you very much, Caleb. We can follow him on Twitter at CalebTVG. Happy New Year to you, buddy. And we will have you on in a couple weeks during conference tournament. Actually, I guess about a month or so, the conference tournaments and into the March Madness so we can really pick your brain on uh, on what those brackets look like and, uh, and how everything has taken shape over the next few weeks. Always good chatting, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Caleb. Great stuff from Caleb. So we transition from Caleb right into our next guest. And, I mean, I don't even really think we have to introduce her as a guest anymore, Mike. She's just part of the show. She's been with us all season long. Her name, is, every, her name is in the logo. Each and every week. Oh, yeah. We had a new logo made for her and everything. The Parlay Queen, Monique. Monique, how you doing? Doing really well. How are you guys? Doing well. You, you sound like you've cleared up since last week and ready to dole out some winners. You know what? I definitely have. Still a little bit sick, but I mean, now is not the weekend to be getting sick with Wild Card Weekend. So I'm ready, and hopefully I can provide on those winners as well. Okay, two games for you, and it'll be perfect because one of the games you'll be with Mike against me, and one of the games you'll be with me against Mike. So the first game that you play is actually the first game that kicks off on Saturday. Tell us who you like in that Colts-Texans game. I'm liking the Texans. I see them as minus one, but I think it's better to just take them on the money line. You know, if there's a botched PAT or something and you end up losing in that way, there's honestly no point in that sense. So just take the Texans in the money line. Um, obviously, both teams struggled early on, going 1-5 and five and 0-3 oh and before turning their seasons around. So that's obviously super rare to meet in the postseason with those circumstances. The Texans have struggled for the most part all year, mostly in the sacks department. Uh, Deshaun Watson's been having a lot of trouble staying upright. The offensive line struggled, but if they can manage to keep Watson upright, I believe they'll put up a lot of points. And as we know, defensively, the Texans are obviously really solid, especially at home. Uh, they're surrendering 19.6 a game, and they do have the ability to make things really difficult on luck. So I think if they do that, the Colts will be probably forced into quite a few mistakes and potentially turnovers. And I mean, home field is just big in the postseason. So this was the game where you are on the side of Mike with the the Texans. But the next game, you and I both go to the Chargers. So tell us why you like the Chargers in this spot. This is one of these games where I feel like earlier on in the season when they met, uh, the first meeting, the Ravens had a lot of success in the run game, and that really opened up the passing game. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a really good game all around, and it was one of those unusual games for Phillip Rivers where he really struggled and arguably one of the best years of his career. Uh, the Chargers didn't have Gordon, Keenan Allen, or Austin Eckler healthy. So with time to heal up and time to prepare and look back on that loss and just reevaluate their game, game plan, and obviously we can pretty safely assume Rivers is 
going to be back to the rivers we've seen earlier on in the season. So I think with a very, very tough out for the Ravens in this game, I think grab the field goal spread just in case and take the Chargers plus three. Chargers plus the three and the Texans money line there for Monique. Monique, we're going to put out the uh, the details for uh, one of the NFL pick'em contests we're going to do on Yahoo Sports. So we'll make sure to send it out, and we'd love for you to get involved in there, and uh, we'll have some uh, some fun bragging about our selections uh, over the next few weeks. I think they're just picking the game straight up and then the confidence points. I think we did this group last year. So we'd love for you to get involved and to send it around to some of your followers, and we'll have some fun following along over the next few weeks. And like always, Monique, we will talk to you next week. Thank you guys so much. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Monique. You too. Monique. That's the parlay queen, Monique, from Covers, from ABR Live. Does a great job handicapping all sports, races, you name it. Just a couple of minutes left, Mikey. So you want to go over the place that we had one more time? Give, give me your two for Saturday and then your two for Sunday. Yeah, so I am going with Houston, Seattle, Baltimore, Chicago, Straight up and the point spread. Those uh, are all the same for me. Not really touching over-unders, but I could see Indy and Houston being a 28-24 game in Houston's favor. So might be a, a nice teaser play there where maybe on either side, right? Tease yeah. Indy or tease Houston, tease the over. Um, I like that play quite a bit. Maybe to Seattle and Chicago as a winner. To me, that sounds like a nice four-teamer uh, I'm gonna if go, you're a teaser player. I'm going to go three. The first three games, I like the underdogs straight up. I like the Colts plus the one. I think they're going to win that game outright. I like the C- uh, Seahawks plus the two. I think they're going to win that game outright. And I like the Chargers plus the three. I think they're going to win that game outright. There's been a really good number about home favorites of less than a field goal since 2005. A really good stat. Um, they're not good. Like Something like one, eight, and one home favorites less than a field goal since 2005. Really? So, yeah, so wow. uh, so we'll go with the those four for me. I think I finished the season Mike at 28 18 and 2. I very, finally very, very got solid. My, I yeah, finally got my one win against you head up. So you are and I'm not going to try to rain I'm not going to try to rain on your parade because you got it. You got it fair and square. Oh, I will say this really quickly. Uh, when I made the selections last week, we do them on Thursdays, obviously. Yeah. Uh, if you heard, if you heard my explanation with the Saints, uh, I was saying that I thought that Peyton was going to use this week to get his offense back on track. Obviously, hopefully, none of you guys played the Saints when you found out that they weren't going to do that and that they were going to put Bridgewater in instead. Um, I definitely wouldn't have not have put my money on Gabbert as well. But that's neither here nor there in terms of our head-to-head because you got that one. Hopefully you didn't play those two because I definitely wouldn't have played those two. If you want to count them, that leaves me at 28, 15, and 4. If you assume that I wouldn't take those, that leaves me at 28, 13, and 4. Either way, we both had really good seasons, seasons. and hopefully everybody made a few bucks. And uh, we'll continue the trend. Lots more, the playoffs. Yeah, lots more games to come. Thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure to get to iTunes, give us reviews, and don't forget, subscribe. You'll get every show as soon as we're done. Have a great sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.